0: Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind for episode 91 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I am happy to be joined by good friend and founder of CoSquare.co, Vadim Lidic. Vadim, thank you very much for coming on the show today.
1: Josh, thank you so much. Wow, what an introduction. Super excited to be
0: here today, man. Awesome. Vadim, to kick us off, can you please tell people a little bit more about you? Who are you? What, uh, what are you working on right now? And then not yet but we're gonna you know get into your backstory and all that fun stuff as well yeah absolutely um i mean where do i start so you know
1: i came i'm not from canada originally i came to canada when i was 17 i immigrated from eastern europe um taught myself how to speak english by watching youtube videos and reading uh 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 conan doyle uh books um you know came to came to canada um was on the fast track to make my parents proud. I took business, you know, I graduated, I got a job on Bay Street in finance, everything was working out well. Uh, at some point realized that, you know, I wasn't making this world any better or making any significant, you know, dents in the universe. So I, you know, I quit, uh, I taught myself how to code and for the following five to seven years, I've spent building various tech companies, uh, in real estate tech, you know, legal tech, alternative lending, e-sports, et cetera, et
0: cetera. Um, and so here I am today. Very cool. And I'm excited to dig into a lot of that for a few reasons. Number one, we're both currently working on legal tech companies, so there's that connection. Number two, my tech company is in the immigration space and you're an immigrant, so I'm excited to dig into that a little bit more. And number three, I'm very curious to know what kind of led you to, uh, you know, quitting the, the more typical pathway uh, so early on in your career? Don't answer that yet. We're going to get to it in just a second. So Vadim, let's start at the beginning more of the, the professional side or per, you know, career side. You come to Canada, and why did you decide to take the program that you decided to study?
1: Well, you know, for a lot of people that you know grew up in Canada and they come from you know, Canadian families and. You know, finance-wise, they have a choice. I did not have a choice. I took whatever was cheapest on the curriculum. My parents just needed me to graduate. As I'm sure you know, as a immigration attorney, the process to immigrate is you collect certain number of points by, you know, taking courses and then accumulating work experience. And that's the only thing that I genuinely cared about. Is you know, how do I come to Canada, study, work, and not run out of money so I have to come home halfway through? Um, and then live in regret for the rest of my life. So there was no you know I, I wish I could give you a sexier answer, but it was really just to meet the ends uh, uh, meet the ends um, and, uh, and and see this through I you know I'm glad to announce that I did um,
0: right Awesome. And so when you finished the program, what was the first what did the first step of your career look like? So arguably um,
1: the first step of my career, started way before i graduated and it's sort of like one of those things that you look back on and you just realize how much you had to hustle because your back was against the wall uh, and you were running out of money Or in my case i was and i had to you know uh, uh uh start networking start putting in you know my name out there so somewhere around my second year this is where internship opportunity came up and we had to actually have a An internship because, you know, it it counted towards graduation, you had to accumulate that credit. Um, Normally, what you would do, uh, you would go on this website, very broken, you know, Seneca uh, internships opportunities website and you would, you know, try to figure out where you fit. So for business people, you know, you could get a a job as a, you know, administrative job or some sort of Excel job you know, for marketing, you could you know do some social media internship. Um, and I wasn't really impressed by like, the options that were given to me. And, you know, normally you would just settle for whatever uh, made sense at that time. But I decided, you know, let's take a little bit of initiative, still have a little bit of time. So I started going out and talking proactively with people. Um, at that time, I was really passionate in, uh, about investing stock you know, markets all that kind of stuff. I'm still, I'm, I'm still running, a, you know, a, a passive portfolio just for myself. Uh, 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 but at that time, I literally, I kid you not, I barely showed up to class. Me and my buddy Sijad used to sit in the library trading stocks for the most part, and then we would show up to final exams uh, uh, just so we can pass and accumulate and, um, and 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 so at that time I started reaching out. Uh, I had a quote unquote portfolio or, you know, track record trading my own my own st- student, you know, tuition money. I, um, uh, I was writing a little bit about investing and, you know, my niche was volatility. It's just the thing that, you know, happens to the markets so and there is, you know, mechanisms and, 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 and securities that, you know, uh, 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 track underlying volatility. I was expert in that. Uh, and I started, you know, writing a lot of content, posting it anywhere and then hustling to get introductions to the wealth management you know, uh, capital markets, investment banking, things of that nature. Ninety-nine um, percent of me of those meetings never went anywhere, and it was really gut wrenching to get like a cancellation uh, when you're already on your way downtown. Like Seneca College is, you know, like located way, way outside of you know, downtown core, and so it would take me an hour and a half to properly wake up, prepare, you know, go down there. I'm sitting in the co- in the cafeteria or in the food court you know, down in that office and this person says, hey, can we reschedule? You know, it was really painful, but, you know, it also taught me that things that eventually matter to you and eventually lead you to success are not easy, right? And so, you know, kind of looking back, I, I you know, I kind of admired, you know, the, the, the resilience of, you know, hearing so many no's, um, but it was also one of those things that, you know, really put a smile on my face looking back.
0: Right. And with stuff like that, too, it's, it's often more of a quality than than quantity, you know, you don't need a 1000 networking calls, if even just that 1% goes right, it can lead to a lot of really good stuff down the road. So when you do when you did end up graduating, what was the first job that you took? And how long did that last?
1: Yeah, so my job out of college was research analyst, I wish I you give me way too much credit for saying that quant quality, you know, should be more than quality. Uh, quality should, you know, uh, precede uh, quantity. I was telling everyone, literally anybody that would listen to me on the bus, uh, in college, you know, in the cafeteria, talking among mentors and professors, I would tell, uh, literally, if you were hanging out with me at that time, you would hear the, the version of the following Hey, my name is Vadim. I'm a second year business administration. And by the way, I'm looking for a to, uh, uh an internship opportunity in finance, do you know anyone I can talk to? Um, and so by luck, literally by luck, I was in the cineplex and we were watching The Hobbit, which if you ask me, I'm not a big fan of compared to the traditional Lord of the Rings, but anyways, come out, it's a Scarborough center, uh, subway is close. we took the latest uh, viewing, so I think it was around 1.30 a.m., subway was closed I lived far away. I started asking around I say, how do I get home How do I get home This older gentleman comes up to me and says, "Hey uh, I'll give you a ride and half of me was like sketchy 1.30 a.m. but the other half of me was like, you know what it's Canada I'm 60 years younger than this dude I can probably force my way out of it you know if something came up and and, and it's really cold it's winter. Uh, and Canadian winters are not very uh, 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 um, forgiving. Um, So I I decided to take a shot halfway uh, halfway home, and he was driving, we were talking about politics and whatnot. Uh, He was asking me about Ukraine, that's where I came from, that's where a lot of uh, 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 geopolitical issues uh, were happening at that time. So that was the conversation started. And then he just went, hey, you know, I run this firm on Bay Street. Um, Would you like to come down and meet the HR? And I'm like, dude, this is awesome. So all of a sudden, like, I, I changed like my entire narrative. I started, you know, giving him little, you know, uh, tips and 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 things of like what I what I was learning on, you know, on investment. And and he wasn't phased at all. He just appreciated the hustle. So he said, you know, let's set up a call. You know, you can come down, meet our HR. They'll give you a tour, and maybe just maybe there's an opportunity for you. And long story short, that's how I ended up. Um, after that, graduating from college, I uh, started doing research uh, analysis. Again, lots of hustle, right? You know, I was graduating and the position wasn't there. Uh, and I was telling everybody, again, because of my PR, I had to have a job because you get that post-grad work permit and the clock is ticking. I needed to get a job. Uh, and so I created my own opening. I literally convinced this, this lady that I was getting a promotion uh, and, and her and I still go back and forth, you know, till this day, such, a, such an amazing person, you know, put me on. Early on, uh, helped me, you know, sort of like get all the proper uh, paperwork. But you know, I, I literally said, "Look, is there if there's any way, you know, I can just like shadow you or whatever it is? You need like, you know, sounds like you're doing a lot. Maybe I can help out. Uh, I don't need any money as long as I have a, you know, a, a status of a, you know, full-time employee. You know, I'll come work. Uh, and then she said, "Let me talk to somebody." And long story short, they figured out a full-time paid position, and it was actually nicely paid. At that time uh, so that was my first job uh, literally watching the markets we were meeting a lot of investors that were putting institutional capital behind you know canadian american uh in international uh, uh stocks and bonds uh and it was just fun it was fun because that's what i aspired to do that you know wolf of wall street and all that like i just loved watching those kinds of movies um uh and hearing stories about investment bankers and you know 2007 2006 2005 kind of glory years of, of wall street i just wanted to do that uh, uh and it was dream come true
0: that's very cool now i want to keep continuing down the story but i also want to ask for those who are maybe managing their own money maybe you know early on in in investments stock investing trading however often they decide to do you have one or two quick tips on you know if someone has money they're they're managing their own portfolio one or two quick tips on you know how people should approach that or maybe try and improve their their own performance?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Two tips. Uh, Be prepared to lose money and and don't chase uh, anything. Right. So early on when I was trading stocks with uh, with my friends, we were making a lot of bad decisions and if I stopped at that time, I Probably could have cut my losses, but I would never learn as much. And trust me, like trading paper stocks or doing like a simulator is nowhere near uh, what the real experience is when your emotions are on the line and your real money is on the line. Um, so you just have to, you know, be smart. Maybe invest small and, and be active and learn, and don't be afraid to lose. And the second one is, you know, don't chase. You know, just because stock went from thirty to fifty, you know, doesn't mean you should be buying and feel like you're missing out. Um, usually things come down and that's where I usually buy this, uh, you know, when things are cheap and undervalued. Uh, everybody's got their own strategy, but, you know, definitely be patient, be prepared to, to lose money before you make more money uh, and learn a lot and don't chase.
0: Absolutely. That's great advice. So Vadim, I want to get to the part of the story where you mentioned in your intro that you felt like you weren't, Giving back or or making the world a better place. Can you take us to that moment in time? You know, where were you in your career? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what ultimately led to that decision or or that self-talk?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I still vividly remember. It's one of those most important pivotal moments of my life where I was in this very apartment. I was looking out the window, and I had two tracks two career tracks that were sort of going in different directions one was you know because i really at that time got my status in canada and i could really go back to university and finally take whatever courses i wanted to take one of the options was to go to a proper business school and then pursue the investment banking route uh and for that i had to either go to queens or western and you know really really go to the top school and then potentially move down to new york uh, or Chicago, or stay here in, in Toronto, and just you know, just pursue that, just build my, uh, uh, continue doing what I'm doing. Uh, and then the other track was, and and there was like a, a, a like a like a whisper, like a like a like a quiet voice at the back of my head that kept getting louder and louder every every passing week, saying, "Are you doing what you're doing? Are you maximizing? You know, who you want to be? Are you sure you're not just chasing this because your parents, the society?" You know your sort of like early childhood impression of you know who you should be. Um, are, are you just doing that because of that, or are you actually doing this because you really see yourself 20, 30, 40 years from now, sort of at the top of, but at the top of this specific uh, 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 solution? And the moment I ask myself that question, I realized I'm just chasing this. I put my head down, uh, and I never had a, 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 an opportunity to look up. Uh, and with the, with the status and everything, it's sort of like you're, you got unchained and you finally had an opportunity to reassess, take a step back and say, okay, you know, do I really want to even do business? Do I even want to work for a company? Do I even want to do finance? You know, if today was my first day, what would I do? And I realized it wasn't investing, it wasn't stocks, it wasn't, you know, working 80, 90, 120 hours, you know, those famous sort of like wall street hours you know, and cutting deals and, and, and backstabbing people and all that. Um, I really mm-hmm. wanted to create. I wanted to give my artists out of, you know, uh, of me a little bit more room and back it up with my business degree. I, I knew I could do it. Um, so I remember I applied to, you know, uh, all these universities and I paid the application fees. Uh, and when they said, you're accepted, I'm like, I could care less. You know, I could, you know, I, I, I stopped right there and then and I realized I want to do something. And, and, and at that moment, everything kind of changed. Um, the first thing I did, I picked up the phone. I called my college buddy, Sajat, the same guy that we used to trade stocks with. And, and I said, look, what are you up to? Uh, let's meet up. I got a couple of ideas. And and, and and for the following, for the next five to seven years, we were doing just that, pursuing our own dreams. So I'm, I'm glad I did that.
0: And so how does the technical side work? Because work? up until this point, had you done any technical you know, coding or anything like that or complete novice at that point? I was
1: as far removed from this as you can possibly imagine. I literally never wrote a, a line of code in my life except for this, you know, in sixth grade would have this like a calculator assignment and it was like a copy paste, I had no idea what I was doing. So I, I honestly, the, the biggest fear, my, my personal biggest fear up until when I was 21 22 was I saw this explosion in tech uh, and all these tech jobs, tech careers, tech entrepreneurs, um, all these exciting companies and technology started coming up and this world software and the software engineer was that sort of like a thing like the, the exactly same way that I used to put up investment bankers on the pedestal leading up to that. All of a sudden, I realized it's the software engineers that, you know, at the back of my mind, I was assigning this uh, status of a super super person, um, and there was one thing that I couldn't do, uh, and I ha- realized I had no knowledge uh, of it, no experience, and 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 to me it was scary knowing that I it, you know it's the next big big thing, and I'm nowhere near prepared to capitalize on this. But something happened. So our first slash second sort of iteration of the first startup uh, uh, at that time with me and Sajad was you know marketplace for real estate, and we had to create something from scratch. And so we had a third person uh, that was supposed to be our CTO. Um, Somewhere a month to a couple of weeks to our demo day, and we had this, you know, a big meeting lined up with Mars, Mars Discovery District for, you know, uh, being enrolled in their venture uh, services program. Um, He decided to announce that he deserves more than half of the company, uh, or he's going to walk away on us. Uh, And, I don't remember exactly how that decision was made. I remember going back and forth on the phone and trying to, like, you know, calm him down. But I don't know what happens. It just he acted out on us. And so I said, OK, um, if you want to quit, you quit. And, and and we were kind of stuck, you know, two business, him, you know, myself and Sajad were two business uh, uh, majors, uh, no tech experience, building a tech marketplace from scratch. Uh, we had no way out other than to learn. And I have no idea how we actually end up pulling it off. But I remember like sitting on Stack Overflow, like figuring out like, is this login form, can work with like this lending page? Like somebody created all these things and I was sitting there like trying to figure out what the code is, how do I put this all together? Can this button live on this form? Can this form live on this? It was like a, a lot of hacking, well, it was a lot of glue and chopsticks and scissors and duct tape. And uh, and well, it, it looked pretty ugly and it didn't work if you took one, run action somewhere like in that supposedly flow of registration, but it existed, you know, and we managed to create it. We managed to deploy it. People could go on CoSquare at that time. That's actually the company that was called CoSquare and still the company that I'm using today for all my other ventures, but they could go on the website and actually access it. And I was so immensely proud because of the, you know, that month of um, um, uh, pressure uh, and, and, and really seeing that goal. In in front of us, uh, uh, so close to get into Mars and and start building you know business uh, out of uh, the idea, it was it was powerful enough to kind of keep me on or keep me up for 14 hours. You know, I I remember spending my entire day reading Stack Overflow, reading Medium articles about coding JavaScript. You know, I was to taking lunch breaks uh, to watch YouTube videos, and I was stopping, pausing a video every 30. To 10, 15, 30 seconds, uh, just to uh, uh, understand what the guy was typing on the screen, and then I would replicate the same on my own text editor. Uh, it was a lot of grinds, but I'm happy. It's the biggest, big, biggest accomplishment uh, in in my own sort of like entrepreneurial professional life. Just, just transcending uh, from purely business to actually a full stack entrepreneur with a business, uh, full stack developer with a business degree. Uh, I never look back. It's the most powerful skill set you can ever learn and if for those of you listening or watching right now if there is one thing that i recommend even today uh it's really pick up some programming basics because it can really transcend you and empower you as an as an entrepreneur uh, going forward
0: yeah it's it's a it's a great message because i as a non-technical co-founder i definitely feel a little bit uh you know disempowered in certain areas when i can't go in and change things or know what we can change or can't change right so even just knowing what is or isn't capable there's there's a huge benefit yeah. to that and,
1: and 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 don't you know apologize for interrupting but you know you also feel like you don't know if somebody says it's going to take a month a year or a week uh, and very early on like we realized that you know when we went and spoke with some outsourced dev shops and they said for this one page you know, it's gonna take $30,000 and six months. And and now looking back, I'm like, what a piece (laughs) of liar, you know, it takes 10 hours and literally, you know, 500, anyways, but that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of knowledge you get when you truly understand.
0: Right, absolutely. So Vadim, if somebody was looking to get started what would you recommend they do? Let's say someone like me was like, you know what, I, I totally agree. I'd like to learn some of the basics. What what are some resources or or things that you recommend that someone that you know myself could do to start understanding the basics of technology or you know building apps or websites or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna start, start by saying that the landscape changed dramatically since you know I had to learn it. These days and today in 2021, you have an abundance of no-code and low-code applications that did not exist mm-hmm. at the time when I did it. Um, the closest that we had was Squarespace and Fix where you could drag and drop uh, things, but they were predominantly landing pages. They they weren't like a functionality-rich platforms that you could build from scratch. You know, these days you can do Webflow. You can, you know, you can use Envision uh, to script you know, a mock-up and use that to show to people. You can use Webflow to create sort of like an interactive prototypes with just drag and drop to the point where you deploy it. You can use, you know, Unbounce to create, you know, feature-rich landing pages. You can use Bubble uh, uh, or, you know, whatever, a variety of tools to create uh, apps and uh, websites and platforms uh, with very limited knowledge. Uh, but the way I did it was YouTube and media. So my first question was what is going into the website, right? It was very, it was very analytical of me. I wanted to break it down. Okay. These are the things that you see are HTML and CSS. And these are the things that happen when you click on something that is JavaScript. And then what happens next? How does that information get stored or processed? You know, that's where your backend and your server. And once you understand, you start asking questions around that. You know, what is the best way to learn HTML? You know, what server, you know, framework should I use? And I spent maybe about, you know, a week just learning and reading. And when I say week, I don't mean like 10 hours, you know, a week. You know, I I literally, my, my 80 hours a week, 100 hours a week was dedicated to just understanding this as fast as possible. And then I didn't say, I, you know, I took the same approach that I took when I studied for my CFA, which is you have limited amount of time. So the perfection is not what you're after. It's the basic understanding that you are after and the comfort of being, put, being able to uh, put together something yourself. Uh, so you give yourself six weeks, eight weeks, and then you say, I'm gonna spend two weeks or one week on HTML, I'm gonna spend one week on CSS, um, and I'm gonna spend four weeks on JavaScript, and I'm gonna spend four weeks on servers and databases. Um, and then you're kind of going off of that and you know, kind of learning, you know, what is the database? What's the best database? And then you read the documentation, It's just a lot of nerd work. Um, it's not sexy. It's not flashy. You're, you're literally, I remember, uh, gaining weight and getting, uh, becoming addicted to Red Bull. Um, uh, because I would come home and at that time I still had a full-time job and I would come home, um, before like, you know, by the time it's five o'clock, I was already home. And people are like, how does this guy in and out so fast? But I was home. I, I would like literally turn off my phone. I would tell everybody I'm busy and from five to like four in the morning. And, and that's where like things got really fucked up because like my entire sort of like the, the clock and everything was just so off for that six to eight weeks that I had to like learn. But I would come home. I would like pile up bottles of Red Bull. And I, on my left side, I would have a checklist of things that I need to learn. And understand today, and I had one monitor and one screen and a notepad, and I was just in a, in the zone. You couldn't get a hold of me. Um,
0: yeah. Jeez. Now, based off that story and based off of the uh, stuff that I see behind you, I have to assume that you're probably a pretty good, you know, you're a planner, right? You're you're a strategist. You you like to put things down, and and kind of like how you were just describing it, right? Breaking things up into sections into pieces so that you can figure out the best way to attack it which i think is great uh, for business sounds like for technology as well do you have any recommendations for people because what i find is anytime i'm feeling confused or anxious or nervous it's just a lack of planning right you just need to sit down throw it all on paper or you know what whether it's you know a whiteboard a piece of paper a google doc whatever whatever uh, that's when I know I have to go back and do some more planning. Do you have any suggestions or, or what's your approach to attacking these things? Right, What, what is your strategy? And maybe since this product, project that you were talking about, maybe that's evolved over the years. Like right now with your company CoSquare, your current iteration of, of CoSquare, uh, how do you attack these things? How do you strategize? How do you plan for your businesses? Yeah,
1: uh, I, it's funny, Josh, because I got that question yesterday from another person that I was going back and forth on LinkedIn with, with and and uh, she asked me, how are you, a slightly different version of the question that you asked, which is how are you able to do so much by yourself, right, uh, and I, I was flattered because, you know, I never thought about this as sort of like a successful strategy, I just thought about it as the way I do things, um, but one of the things that you need to very quickly realize is what are you saying no to? Um, So for example, are you on LinkedIn, yes or no? And that, you know, if you are doing LinkedIn, are you also on TikTok and Instagram? And for me, the answer is no, because I don't have the time or knowledge to do these things uh, well enough. Um, When, you know, somebody asks, you know, how are you building the tech? You know, I'm very quickly uh, trying to figure out other things that already exist or some, things that I've already built uh, and I build on top of them instead of reinventing the wheel. So, you know, borrowing or copying instead of inventing from scratch is where you can save a lot of time. Um, And and then the third thing is really, um, uh, uh, so know know what to say no to, you know, know when to uh, do something or not, don't do something. And then, you know, stop reinventing a wheel um, and then play off of your strength, right? So like if you're amazing at certain things like sales, you know, maybe you get somebody else to do your, uh, your tech work for you. Um, But I've I've experimented with two approaches, Uh, and both of them funny, you know, funny enough, they worked. Um, When I started, you know, what is it six years ago ish, uh, we did a lot of planning and very little execution. And We sort of spent weeks and weeks talking and creating lists and 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 my analytical side really got the sort of like you know overwhelmed like you know it really got the better part of me um in the sense that that was all i was doing and but by the time we actually went out and spoke with somebody we were already over analyzed over planned over over everything other than actual action right um and so with the with the companies that are sort of followed, I tried to take a completely different approach. Uh, no planning, jump right in, let the market dictate, react to, you know, people telling you what they like, what they don't like. You know, don't overbuild, don't overplan because, you know, you're going to throw that plan away. Entrepreneurship is chaotic. Embrace that. Right. And and, and and again, this approach worked to the point where like exactly what you said, you know, it's, it's Wednesday. And you're like, man, there's all these things that you know you need to be doing. Which one? And then you basically become paralyzed. Um, um, I realized the answer is somewhere in between. Uh, do some basic planning, right? Like do some basic Sunday, and that's you know after this call, that's what I'll probably end up doing. Go for a you know go for a walk, or or you know sit down and like jot down you know high level things you want to accomplish. You know, um, but then leave enough room. So when it's Thursday and it's seven o'clock and you've only done three out of five things, you're not punishing yourself for being behind on the to-do list, uh, understand that things come up, understand that new ideas come up, understand that new opportunities, even within one day, you can get a call from a prospective client and all of a sudden, all the things that you were planning are out of the window because now you just need to service that client. Um, uh, and then on top of that, come up other things like, okay, well, you know, now that I've serviced this client, can I leverage this into a testimonial, or can I, you know, uh, uh, ask them to recommend, you know, more clients to me? Uh, you know, should I be changing my website because the client said that, you know, they were confused by certain things? It's it's very chaotic, um, but understanding that it is chaotic and allowing for that, I, I think, is an important uh, uh, strategy, at least to keep yourself sane, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. it's re- very easy to go go crazy and get overwhelmed, and 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 yeah, um, it's really the both planning and then, you know, being reactive and and, and um, creative in the moment.
0: Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. The balance is key and finding your own balance, right? Because your balance might be a little bit different from mine, right? We're all a little bit different. I want to kind of ask you kind of about the opposite as well, Vadim, which is how do you unplug, right? Because, uh, you know, we all work differently. We also take breaks differently. And, and I think it is almost as important to, you know, plan what you're working on to also plan how you're going to unplug so that you do stay sane over long periods of time, right? We, we we are in this thing as a marathon, right? It's it's not a sprint. So you mentioned, you know, maybe tonight you'll go for a walk, but I'm curious to hear what do you do, if anything, you know, on the, you know, health health side, you know, physical health, mental health. What, what do you do to kind of keep your head and your body in shape? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So The first and the most important
1: step was to forgive myself for not working all day, every day. Hmm. Um, I can't stress out enough how much I am battling within myself when I'm out there not working and my mind pushes me in the direction of, oh, let's check email or, you know, how come you're not following up? right now? Why wait till tomorrow? And when you are working, you're like, oh, shit, you know, I'm not attending to my family or my friends, you know, I haven't called back this, you know, this person that I, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, promised to call back because, you know, my mom, for example, who lives, you know, in Ukraine and and sometimes that slips up and then I feel guilty. Um, Or, you know, you realize that you work so hard and you're at the point now where the smallest rejection hammers you into the grave so hard because of how much you've accumulated in terms of tension and stress. Uh, And you didn't let off that steam on time uh, and you pushed yourself too far. And now it's too late and now you need to take an entire week off because you're just not getting out of bed in the morning. Uh, So forgiving yourself and almost treating that as part of work, part of strategy, uh, allowing 20% on, on self-care and uh, forcing yourself to, you know, not check emails, not be available off the grid, you know, uh, uh, is is the first step. And once you figure out, it's whatever you like. Uh, so during winter, I you know, I got into hockey. My first ever hockey game happened this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm proud to announce that, you know, although I'm not quite ready for an NHL draft next year, uh, I did have a goal and the assist. Uh Playing with 13 year olds. So it was the most memorable. It was the most fun moment this winter. I, I'm so proud of it. You know, for the person that never skated, uh, you know, I was pushing myself to at least get in the game um, and then kind of go from there, you know. But I, I love me time. I love, you know, I love spending time with people, but, you know, me being introverted, sort of like, uh, and I, I gear more towards sort of like, you know, just quiet by myself. You know, I, I'm, I'm generous with like, you know, walks uh, and just listening to a podcast, like allowing me to be my own head or, you know, go play some video games if that's what you're into. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I love, you know, a, a, uh, a good uh, FIFA scramble, you know, after a long day because that helps me unwind. Uh, mm-hmm. And also what I find is that if I skip on that um, and I just work, 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 and then I go to bed and wake up next morning. um even though I sort of saved two hours, I'm still, I don't feel accomplished. And if you don't let yourself do that, that feeling of resentment towards yourself and the fact that you properly haven't spent your Sunday, for example, to like not think about work, it comes back and it hurts you mm-hmm. uh, in the long term. So um, allowing, you know, uh, forgiving yourself for not working all the time, the kind of person I- I'll work as long as it takes, but really forcing yourself not to uh for for the sake of sort of like long-term marathon sort of um staying in the game uh and then you know just knowing yourself like what is it that you know that you like uh, do you like cycling do you like soccer you know do you like baseball maybe or or going for a skate you know if, if you want to take a sunday off and, and and go for uh for a hike um that's awesome like just do that
0: right and uh, mm-hmm. and and
1: and don't 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 blame yourself for you know allowing that time
0: yeah, I, I totally agree. And I almost think it takes us back to the quality over quantity thing where it's it's easy, especially in the solopreneur or, or tech scene, to, you know, hear people talking about number of hours they're working per day, per week, whatever, whatever. But I really do think it's more of a quality thing where sure your absolute hours might come down if you take a little bit of more time off. But especially when you're, you know, starting a new company or or leading a company it's better that the hours that you're spending are of high quality right you're making big decisions you're writing code you're coming up with sales and marketing strategies if your brain is at half capacity because you're not sleeping enough you're not resting enough you're not unplugging enough uh, i think that the quality of even though the hours are are you know bigger or greater you're ultimately stunting the company's growth because you're not putting the most high quality hours of work in that, that you could be doing. So that, that's that been my approach. And it sounds like it's, you know, very much connected with yours. Vadim, I want to spend kind of the last section of the podcast focused a little bit more on tech companies. Uh, because number one, you've been kind of living them for the last, you know, more than a couple of years. And number two, a lot of the people I have on the show are more traditional, we'll say, you know, service business owners, coaches, consultants, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Can you first tell us a little bit about, I mean, not, not that we need to define what a tech company is, but maybe talk more about the differences between a traditional company and a tech company and what it's been like for you working in the tech space for, I mean, how many years has it been? Six, seven, eight years now just working on tech yeah. companies? Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, Josh, I, I think, you know, I remember a long time thinking about this as a business, right? And it doesn't matter uh, whether that's tech or service or, you know, scalable, non-scalable, whether you're selling a product, whether you're selling an app um, at the end of the day, a, person that's able to create value and capture a portion of that value in the form of revenue is an entrepreneur. And then it just comes down to, are you printing? Are you manufacturing? Or are you writing software? Or are you converting your own time and experience and knowledge into some sort of a value add um, um, uh, that people buy into? Um, So to me, there is no difference between tech and non-tech in the core like in that nutshell uh, but i'll tell you other thing um which is when you are in tech you're almost looking down on people that are not in tech and when i realized that you really opened my eyes on like oh crap like we're focusing on billion dollar valuations and hyper growth and you know anything that's like small, tiny, and unimportant—it's almost like we say, "But we're tech, right? Like we're not—we we don't need to worry about you know um, the ten-dollar you know uh, difference on like margin or you know uh, how this particular client you know cared about this one transaction." As tech entrepreneurs, and this is—I'm really, not saying it's a, it's a right thing to do. It's very bad. It's very wrong. Um, you're sort of thinking in terms of scale and volume and growth. And the biggest revelation of 2021 for me was to take a look back take a step back and, you know, go earn my hundred dollars before I can earn my thousand dollars, before I can earn my ten thousand dollars, before I can think about billion dollar valuations and scale and growth. and it really, it made me so much happier. You know, I've been, I've been starting businesses since, you know, since uh, 15, 14, uh, uh, and uh, 2015, 2014. Uh, and, you know, we were always focused on go, 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 you know, scale, build big things. You know, uh, all these consultants, all these sort of like agencies that are just in a different world. They don't understand. Um, but... I've been making enough mistakes to sort of learn that business is business. And that's why I kind of started with that sort of creating value and capturing is is the only thing you should really think about, Um, Mm -hmm. because for me, you know, um, I I, I, I was really lost. Like, I I, want to tell you like this, you know, a couple of things that sort of um, uh, transpired since I started. So the first startup was in real estate and we took it to about 95 percent there. Uh, and then we gave up because like it wasn't as billion as we thought. It wasn't as 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 as, as exciting as we thought. It was a little bit more work. There's a little bit more competition out there. So you know we stopped and we pivoted towards uh, uh, or pivoted or moved on and joined other startups, starting doing you know uh, venture capital tech. And then it ended up sort of, you know uh, taking that ninety five percent there and then stopping and you know moving on to do uh alternative lending and then the team was there and the product was there and the product market fit was there but the revenues weren't coming fast enough and it's already been a year and a half so we kind of got it you know 95% there and then kind of stopped and moved on and and that's where like right now i i'm finally at that point where i'm so grateful to have 100 dollars in revenue because i know i took it 100% there um and it's not anymore it's not about the margins and scale and billion dollar valuations and how fast we can raise money uh and how many articles on TechCrunch will be written about us. It's the joy of creating five hundred dollars of value and capturing hundred dollars of that value. Because I know tomorrow it could be two hundred and then next month it could be four hundred and then next year it could be, you know, four four thousand uh a day, a month, a year. And so, you know. That is just giving me joy for everybody sort of like that's listening that are starting out, right? Like understand that, you know, w- whether that's tech business or a typical service based business, getting to your first dollar is really nothing like, like there's nothing like getting to your first dollar, that feeling you'll remember that sort of like that email, that transaction that you know comes out of it is the most precious memorabilia you will have as an entrepreneur uh, going forward. Um, it makes you so much more confident. It makes you so much more um, willing to take risks and double down on your strength and, and, and believe in your strategy, believe in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. It changed my life when I realized that. Um, so, you know, if, if I was starting a business today, I think that was your original question. I'm sorry for taking it in this very different direction. But if I was starting a business today, I would sit down and just ask myself okay like what am i good at what am i selling is that is that a problem ask all these questions do some research and then really say okay let me spend next year doing this right like i hadn't i had a talk with the um with one of the founders young founder uh, first-time entrepreneur currently in the corporate world and he was saying he was asking me with how do i start a business uh because and i said why and he's like well because you know it's i get i get to be my own boss and it's going to be great and I, in my mind i'm like Ron, like, you know, all these, like, 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 these, like, like, traps start setting off. It's like, no, 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 you're not thinking about it uh, the right way. How about two, three, four years grind, see no results? How about 80 to 100 hours of work with no uh, return on investments for the next six months? You know, how about uncomfortable conversations and daily rejections and, uh, you know, uh, admitting to yourself, your family, your circle, your network that you're pivoting and you are wrong, but you're thinking about this new idea uh, as more high potential and, and you know, likely to uh, to bring results. How about that? I, I, now what are you still thinking about starting a company? And if the answer is yes, then you are an entrepreneur. The, like, if you are thriving on chaos and rejection and proving people wrong um, and then looking back and be like, damn it, I did it and I did it by myself. It was within my means. And now I can grow it. Then, by all means, go for a jump. You know, jump into start certain business. Start with one dollar, then ten, then a hundred, then a thousand. Um, but if you are afraid and petrified with the sole thought of being rejected or not, not uh, doing like not knowing what you're doing and admitting that you were wrong, um, then maybe you should just get a person to do this for you and just be number two, number five, number ten within that company. Uh, you still get an excitement exciting lifestyle uh, of being you know in the creative and and, and, and not have that much structure uh, uh, and still changing the world potentially but you're not taking on the whole stress and and and, and responsibility of you know um, uh, carrying that uh, uh, weight on your shoulders mm
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love the way that you describe kind of that first sale. It's almost, and I've thought about it a lot as well. In fact, you posted about it on LinkedIn last week and and I, I commented with kind of my thinking, which is that I'll take it a step further and say, it's almost like the closest thing that I've experienced to magic is like the first sale of your company, right? Because there was nothing right before you made that sale or before you started that business, there was nothing right and you created this new entity, structure, whatever the heck you want to call it, product, service, and created money out of it. And it's kind of like that magical feeling of, you know, making something out of nothing, which is really cool. And like you said, at least at least from my experience, you always remember the first one. It sticks around with you for a while, and, and it's a great feeling. And then it makes you want to get so much more of it, so it, it helps with that motivation. Uh, Vadim, this has been incredible, uh, really good insights. I want to end with a question on your current company. Can you tell everybody a little bit more? You know, what is your current company? What does the company do? And what's the biggest lesson that you've learned leading up to this recent first, you know, first sale? That uh, you know, or, or any tip or trick that you would give to someone who's maybe in the process of starting their own tech company right now?
1: Absolutely. I think I'm going to start with the lesson, and that is really know who you <laughs> are, know yourself. Um, And then solve the problem that you're familiar with and can meaningfully contribute to. Um, Why am I saying that? So when eight months ago, I I think it was May uh, 2020, I decided to leave a startup that I was part of in the uh, alternative lending uh, space and really start something on my own. I had no idea what I was going to do. But a lot of friends in my network were kind of pointing in the direction of sort of like legal industry being still, you know, uh, 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 stuck in that uh, 20th century, sort of like everything is uh, inefficient and and not a lot of innovation has happened. So I said, okay, great. And then, you know, there was a lot of ideas. There was a lot of iterations, a lot of conversations. Um, And we landed on something. It was, I think it was September. We landed on. Legal services for startups. Um, you can ask a question or you can request a service, and we would do that. And then something happened. I, I, I really want to talk about this because it's really an important lesson that I've learned, and I kind of want to, you know, uh, uh, document that or at least have this um, uh, have this uh, virtual record of it. Um, we pivoted, and I don't know why. I don't remember what happens. We started growing our team, and with you know, bringing more people, obviously you bring more opinions um, and you have all these opportunities, too, because somebody comes from an employment background, somebody comes from a family background. And all of a sudden we weren't helping startups to you know solve their legal problems, which is the area where I'm comfortable at uh, or in. Um, we, all of a sudden we were helping anyone solve anything. And then we realized that, well, the way we can bring people on is by letting them ask a legal question. And that's when I guess you and I have met and I reached out for some counsel and, and and really understand like, what am I really doing? But, you know, somewhere two, three, four weeks ago and we're now in March, 2021. So I think at the beginning of March, something really hit me and I went like, oh, but why am I doing this Q&A for things that I don't understand, like somebody calls me and they say they have a problem with their family, they're going through a divorce. I am very sympathetic, but I have no experience. Like there is nothing that I can write or explain or or recommend uh, that will meaningfully contribute. Uh, Whereas for the past seven years, I've been sort of operating in this zero to one space idea to market right idea to market like that's the space that's the stage where all my previous companies were at this is where i feel most comfortable and this is where i can add most value you know i've i'm already spending hundreds of hours every month uh, talking to other founders you know uh, bouncing ideas helping you know first-time entrepreneurs uh, avoid pitfalls and i realized you know everything that i'm doing is here right like everything that i like that i understand and i can add value to is over here and all of a sudden somehow my business is over here and it, it's in the area where i think there is an opportunity but i don't understand that i can't add value unless i bring other lawyers other professionals to add value on my behalf and that makes me useless as a intermediary it makes me it makes my service exactly the same as hundreds of other services that already exist Um, You know, heck, why would you even go through a service that just adds an extra layer of complexity instead of just going directly to a lawyer uh, or reaching out to like a pro bono organization? So that's when I realized. Let's circle back. Let's combine what I know, what I'm passionate about and what I can add value to the actual product that we're doing. And I realized, you know, it's that zero to one uh, for startups, but in the more legal space. So to answer your question, we're currently helping startups incorporate and register their businesses. Um, they come to us usually with an idea, and then we sort of I, I, I coach them and I try to uh, help them understand, you know, the structure that they should be using for their business. You know, um, when is the right time uh, to actually officially incorporate their business? What are and then after that happens, you know, we don't just leave them with the you know business number and uh, uh, and say come see us in the year when we need to renew. Uh, we actually help them with the legal package, so we very quickly realized that a you know standard traditional sort of like incorporation package with all the you know, shares and, and shared uh, agreements and director resolutions costs, you know, two to three to more recently, I, I've heard $5,000 number um, uh, from a person that came to us as a potential client, uh, and we can do it for $99. Because of you know how much we can actually leverage technology to to automate uh, a lot of that previously manual work, Um, so if we started offering these incorporation packages for startups. um, But then I also because I love the space, I love the stage, I love this inception moment. You know, I say, hey, you know, now that you've incorporated, or even if you're thinking about incorporating six months from now, let's talk. You know, how how are you doing your product? You know, what are some of the mistakes you're making on the uh, 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 marketing side you know what how are you interviewing your customers and all of a sudden you're not dealing with customers you're dealing with friends which is like our my pipeline and like our clients acquisition strategy really just just basically uh, uh, came down to just me doing what I'm already doing and then at the ends mentioning hey by the way if you know anyone or if you're looking at that sort of service yourself um, you know you should probably consider um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so just to be kind of conscious of the time and everything, you know, the, the biggest lesson is, you know, don't go and pursue ideas that you don't know about or don't, can't add value. Look inwards, ask yourself, what am I feeling most comfortable with and, you know, and and, and go really deep uh, into, you know, solving those problems.
0: Awesome. That's really great, Vadim, and there's a lot of insight, even just like a step below the surface of your answer. There's there's so many takeaways, so this this has been really great. Vidim, thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing the story, sharing the insights. If people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you or, or follow the company, where, where do you recommend that they go? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Vidim
1: uh, or you can find what, uh, my website uh, of CoSquare, uh, CoSquare.co. So, you know, either connect with me on LinkedIn uh, or hit me up by email um, uh, through CoSquare website. And uh, I'm always happy to connect with founders um share advice you know chat about entrepreneurship business startup tech uh uh and uh if you're looking to register your business you know keep me in mind uh, i'll give you the best deal in town
0: absolutely and we will link to the linkedin to the company website in the description whether you're listening to this on the podcast checking it out on youtube so make sure to check the description for that vadim thank you again for coming on the show really do appreciate it thank you for having me it was a pleasure Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you want to join the Solopreneur Grind community, we recently started a Slack group for other like-minded solopreneurs who are starting or thinking about starting or are already well on their way to working on their own businesses. Doesn't matter the size, Make sure to check us out at solopreneurgrind.com join if you want to join this group. We're constantly sharing ideas, bouncing ideas off of one another, helping each other out in all areas of business and life and all that sort of stuff. Make sure to check it out, solopreneurgrind.com join, solopreneurgrind.com join. Take care and thanks very much for listening.